Hello and greetings. Thanks for joining us. My name's Ethan. Very glad that you've decided to spend some time with us, and we thank you for that gift as we seek to explore more of what God has made known in Scripture that we can faithfully serve Him in the kingdom of Jesus, His Son. I work at the Venice Church of Christ. We're disciples making disciples in Los Angeles. Before we begin, let us go to God in prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. We're very thankful, Father, for the gifts that you've given us for you and your love for us and your covenant loyalty that you've expressed toward us and all that you have made and all that we have and are for the life you've given us in Jesus and the hope we have of redemption and resurrection in him for the spirit and the word, the means of which we can come to know you and gain strength and confidence in you for uh, the one another as a people of God, for the material wealth you've given us and, and health that we enjoy for the spiritual gifts that you've given us, and we don't want to take any of these for granted. Uh, we're very mindful, Father, that many are in great distress uh, because of the of illness, and we pray that you would heal them uh, because they have lost or they are in uh, difficult positions. We pray that you would give them strength and comfort. Uh, we pray that you would give wisdom and insight to the leaders, that they may uh, rule well according to justice and righteousness, and that we may... Uh, be able to live in uh, peace and tranquility to serve you. We pray that your justice and righteousness would be done in the earth. At this time, Father, we pray that you would give us a heart and mind to understand more of what you've made known, that we would put our trust in you and be dependable people, and that we would take what we learn and allow that to inform how we are to live, that you would be glorified. We pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. When we talk about Christianity, people understand Christianity as a faith. And therefore, it's quite logical to recognize that uh, the idea of faithfulness would be very important to the faith. In Hebrews 11 and verse 1, the Hebrews author declares that faith is the assurance of things hoped for, the conviction of things not seen. That it's this form of confidence here. And that in verse 6, when it comes to God, it's impossible to please God without faith. That, in fact, whoever would draw near to God must believe that he exists and that he rewards those who seek him. That he is who he says he is. And throughout the rest of that chapter, the Hebrews author testifies to the faithfulness of those who came before. Uh, men like Abel and Enoch and Noah, Abraham and Moses and many others. And so it's good for us to consider this idea of faithfulness and what it means to be faithful and how we honor God through faithfulness. When we look at the word faithfulness, you can see faith in full. And so very much to be faith to manifest faithfulness, we need to be full of faith. And so to be full of faith is to be marked by the attribute of having faith in someone. And of course here, uh, very much notably, God. It's good for us to wonder what kind of faith it is uh, that we're talking about. As we mentioned, Christianity is seen as a faith. Um, Islam is seen as a faith. Judaism is seen as a faith. Buddhism is seen as a faith. That religion has been kind of equal, made equal to faith, and that any belief system uh, is a faith. And in a lot of times, especially in Western discourse, we talk about belief systems. Uh, what ends up being talked about are in the intellectual assent to a proposition. 
So Christian faith, therefore, is the assent to the proposition that God is our creator, that he is one in three persons, that Jesus, who is the Son of God and God the Son, has become incarnate, died for our sins, was raised on the third day, ascended to the Father, was made Lord, he's going to return one day, uh, that they have the Spirit, uh, that guys may know in his word, I mean, all these various uh, things. And the idea in a lot of people's head is, well, I have faith, and what they really mean is, I am convicted that these things are true. And I want to be very clear about this, that the Christian faith absolutely demands that we make that intellectual assent. We're not going to be found faithful to God if we don't believe he exists. Um, on the other hand, the idea of Christian faith goes well beyond this idea just of accepting uh, the idea as a mental proposition. Uh, to be full of faith, you need to be full of trust and confidence in Jesus and his ways and not in our ways. And look, the, con the confusion in the world is understandable based upon our Bible translations. Our, the Bible will speak of faith as a verb. It uses to believe. Uh, there you have pistis, the noun, and pisteio, the verb. And pistis, the noun, is normally translated as faith. Pisteio, the verb, is normally translated to believe. Uh, but it's the same word. So it's the verbal form to have faith, or, you know, and so belief, you could translate pistis as belief if you wanted to. Uh, and so that's where you get some of this confusion. Because it's too easy just to make belief or faith as, okay, this is what I believe mentally. Uh, but that's really just profession. That's not true belief or faith. Uh, James wants us to know in James chapter 2, you believe that God is one. You do well. The demons believe and shudder. The demons are very well aware that God is one in three persons and that Jesus died for the sins of mankind and has been uh, raised Christ. Uh, they, they're terrified at that prospect. It's not going to provide them any salvation. Uh, in Matthew chapter 7, in verses 21 and 23 particularly, uh, Jesus says, you know, that, uh, that many will call upon him as Lord but not enter the kingdom of heaven. Um, because they are going to cry out on that final day that they have done all these mighty works in Jesus' name, but Jesus is going to say, Depart from you, you workers of lawlessness, I never knew you, uh, because they did not do the will of the Father in heaven. And so that's why Hebrews 11 and verse 6 is very important, because, yes, you must believe that God is, God exists, and also he rewards those who seek him, that we need to seek God, we need to draw near to him. These are relational terms. Uh, to come toward God, uh, and that relationship needs to be one uh, maintained of trust and confidence, because God is greater than we are. God has all knowledge, wisdom, and understanding. God has created all things. God has created us. That is why we are to put our trust and confidence in Him and not ourselves, because we are His creation. He is our Creator. And this is also getting us to that great uh, declaration by Paul in Galatians chapter 2 and in verse 20. Galatians 2.20 um, no, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ who lives in me. And the, uh, the life I live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That I don't live for myself, I live for Jesus. Uh, God lives in me in Jesus uh, through the Spirit uh, because I have submitted myself fully to the will of God. And so if we're full of faith, we are full of confidence in God. And this is 
a very challenging thing. People want to act like it's so easy. And look, there are easy ways to believe in God. When the will of God aligns with what we believe, it is easy to believe in God. When we feel good about our faith in God and we draw strength from our faith in God, it's easy to believe in God and to trust in God. Um, but the question about trusting God has to go beyond this idea of our uh, mental acceptance of what is true, but also in the fact that so often what ends up happening is, is that we go along with God where we want to go along with God. The question about our trust really comes into those areas where we are uncomfortable, where we don't agree, where everything in our lives and our culture wants us to go in a different direction. That's where the question of trust comes in. So do we trust that God knows what is best for us better than we do ourselves? And thus, are we willing to submit to the chastening and discipline of God? Uh, the kind that Hebrews author talks about, Hebrews 12, 4 through 9. Uh, are we willing to submit to that? Do we trust that God is going to provide for us and take care of us, even if it's not immediately apparent how we will do that? Uh, to really not have anxiety about the things of the, the basic needs of the world in Matthew 6, but to seek first God's kingdom as righteousness and trust that everything else will be added to us. Uh, are we going to take the decisions that we're going to make before him in prayer? Uh, or are we going to make our own decisions and then try to baptize those decisions in prayer? Hey, Father, please uh, bless this action I've already decided to take. Uh, are we asking ourselves that what we're doing reflects his will? Or do we just assume that we are in God's will because we're doing it and God loves us? Uh, which is a very dangerous thing to do because somebody else is doing something very different, contrary to what you're doing, and believing the same thing. And this again goes back to who's really in charge here. If Jesus is Lord, we are not. And we need to be trusting in him and seeking his will and his purposes. And all of this uh, demands one fundamental uh, characteristic that is often missing in the world. And that, of course, is humility. When the disciples wanted to know who was the greatest in the kingdom in Matthew 18, he called to them a child and put the child in the midst of them. And he said, unless you turn and become like children, you're never going to enter the kingdom of heaven. You have to humble yourself like the child to be great in the kingdom of heaven. And of course, the child has a very uh, innocent, humble life. They trust their parents. They understand they don't understand everything. And so they have full confidence that their parents want what's best for them. They deeply love their parents. They'll do what their parents say. Uh, their kinds of rebellion are, are the kinds of rebellion that still presume the rightness of the parent and the authority of the parent, and that we are to treat God in that same way, that we have the faith of a child before God and the humility to realize that God has our best interest at heart, that God wants what's good for us, and that we should default trusting God uh, in all respects, and to realize that the temptation of the evil one from the beginning has been to get man to question God's goodness and God's faithfulness toward him. And that's... This faith is a very difficult thing to have, by the way. We, we, we resist that faith because we, we, we don't necessarily always trust. We've been burned before. We, we, we want to have more control. We want to know. Uh, we want to have strong confidence based on extrinsic, external or, or other factors, and the summons to just put trust in God, very challenging indeed. And it's not just about being full of faith in God. If you're full in faith, you must also have faith in others. And that, believers are to have faith in one another. 
This is important for the church to operate properly, that we are a body as fellow Christians in 1 Corinthians 12. And that means that the parts depend upon each other. That means the parts have faith in each other. In Galatians 6, 1 and 2, that they are willing to, uh, if they see a person in a trespass, to warn them, to bring them back from that from that air, and to watch themselves as they also are tempted. Uh, all of this requires deep relationship and deep trust. Uh, otherwise, it's just going to fall apart because uh, it'll be too easy to castigate and uh, question motivations. And you can see when a, a group of people have no confidence in each other that it's just not going to work. That if there's no trust among people working together, there's no ability to work together. That there can only be working together when people depend that one, they, each person is going to be there for one another and each is going to bear his or her own burdens and thus fulfill the law. And to be able also to bear one another's burdens uh, to uh, fulfill the law of Christ, Galatians 6, 1 through 3. Now, we're going to fail one another. And that's the thing. The reason that I think a lot of people in the church don't trust one another is because they've been betrayed before and they've been hurt before. But we need to be full of faith still because we need to trust one another even though we uh, have failed one another before because if we don't grow in that trust and maintain that trust and confidence, the whole endeavor is going to fall apart. And so if we're going to be faithful, we need to be people who are full of faith. That's one important aspect, but it's not the only one. Another aspect of faithfulness is somebody who is able to be relied upon. In Matthew 25, and verse 21, in the parable of the talents, uh, the five and two talent servant both received the commendation of their master inasmuch as they had proven faithful in using those talents to make more talents. The same lesson in Luke 16. He who is faithful in a little will be faithful over much. You have been faithful over little, I will set you over much. Enter into the joy of your master. And so being able to be relied upon to be dependable is a very important part of faithfulness. And this is anchored in who God is. Throughout the Old Testament, God is praised and honored that he manifests chesed. It's a Hebrew word, fun to say, impossible to translate. We see in Deuteronomy 7, 9, one of the characteristics of who God is in Psalm 136 is a call and response that uh, the chesed of God endures forever. It's, it means something like where steadfast love meets covenant loyalty, uh, where you have this uh, binding in commitment that includes this kind of warm feeling. And so God continually emphasizes that Israel ought to trust in him because he has displayed chesed. He has shown steadfast love. He has been loyal to the covenant. God is faithful to the covenant. God is faithful to his promises. And he displayed that by bringing Israel out of Egypt to fulfill the promises made to the patriarchs. He continually proved faithful, even though they proved faithless. And that's the message of the prophets. He w w restored them back to the land after the exile. And even though there is no New Testament Greek comparative term to chesed, we see that same principle at work in what God has done in Jesus, because he has sent Jesus, and he has been faithful to his promises, and the promises made to Israel in Jesus and to Jesus, that he would be this faithful priest, that he would be Lord in Christ, and he would rule over everything. And in Hebrews chapter 10, uh, this is in fact the model that uh, the Hebrews author will express how God is faithful. 
And that is why in verse 23 of chapter 10, he says, Let us hold fast the confession of our hope without wavering, for he who promised is faithful. That we are to maintain our trust because God is trustworthy. And we are to consider how to stir up one another love and good works and to be uh, dependable toward one another because God has been dependable toward us. God has manifest covenant loyalty. We, therefore, should be loyal in covenant and faithfulness to God and to his people. And that is why people should be able to have confidence in the one who has confidence in God. Uh, we can see this modeled in Stephen. Stephen is uh, in, called full of faith in chapter 6 of Acts. Uh, full of faith in the Holy Spirit. And that's certainly great confidence in God. Uh, you can see the great confidence he has based on what he preaches. But he's also dependable. He uh, is the first of the seven to be able to minister to the Hellenistic Jewish widows who had been neglected. Another great example of this kind of faith is in Matthew 8, where we have a Roman centurion who is uh, marked out for exemplary faith. And he learned this through the experience of being a centurion. Uh, centurions were the middle management of the Roman army. They were over around 100 men, and they had levels of uh, authorities over them. And when uh, Jesus assented to heal his, his servant, uh, the centurion says, I, you don't need to go to my house. I, I, I understand how authority works. Say the word, and he'll be healed. I have people, I say, do something, and they do it. When I'm told something, I have to do it. Uh, he understood faithfulness, that if Jesus said the word, it would happen. He knew what that meant. He knew that strength of faith and dependability. And that gets us to that question. Are we reliable and faithful? Can people depend on us? Are we people of our word? And of course, you're going to want to say yes, right? Uh, but the answer, of course, is, is really in where we fall short. And all of us fall short. We forget things, right? Um, we forget that we said we would do something for people. And uh, we feel guilty about that. But even beyond that, we, we have soundings we do with people in life. And, of course, there's, there's always that statement, right? Well, if you need anything, let me know. I'll be there for you. And people will say that. But when you hear that, what's the first thing that comes to mind? The first thing that comes to mind is, wait a second. Can I trust that? Are you the kind of person who says that and really means it? Or is it the we should get together sometime uh, type of thing where uh, there's a half-heart interest. It's something I know I should say, but I actually have no expectation of actually following through with it. And see, that's the thing. As Christians, we are to be dependable people. The whole idea that we aren't to swear oaths in Matthew 5, but our yes should be yes and our no, no, is that we are dependable people. That people know if we say we're going to do something, we're going to do it. If we say we're not going to do something, we're not going to do it. And so, uh, are we the kind of people that are reliable? That people know they can trust, will be there, will do what they say they're going to do or not? And if not, how can we work to become that kind of people? And yeah, it's going to involve growing and trusting relationships. And that's that whole faithfulness cycle that we need to talk about. That when we look at um, de de being dependable, um, and it, it requires two parties. And they work together. That uh, it's hard to depend upon people who are not reliant or reliable. And so um, we need to be willing to be dependable and yet dependent. We need to be full of faith, 
uh, and trust, but also to recognize that means that we need to be put under uh, God and to put our trust in God and therefore uh, to rely on his faithfulness. And that's the way it works with God and it works with one another. Uh, God depends upon us to get his message out. You know, it's one of those great questions I have for God. Why did you entrust us with telling each other about you? Uh, we are very unreliable. We uh, mess it up a lot. Uh, it's a very valid question, but it's not for me to question. It's for me to trust. That's what God does. In Matthew 28, we have that call made. In Romans 10, 10 through 17, Paul says that hearing comes by uh, faith and faith by the word of Christ, uh, that the word has to be taken out there. People need to preach it. Uh, and, and so it's very easy to become cynical and to not have the faith in other Christians as we ought because we've been failed a lot by other Christians. Um, but if we just give up and act like, well, I can't trust them, I'm just going to keep it all to myself, we're not being faithful people. We're not depending upon others. We're not growing in that relational cycle of the ability to be dependable and dependent with uh, uh, fellow people of God. Uh, and that's where we're supposed to be that with God, right? God should be able to depend on us, but the whole premise of this is that we are dependent upon God. And that's the way it's supposed to work with one another. And again, it's hard, and it does lead to disappointment and failure. Uh, but that's why we are called to be faithful. We are called to be full of faith before God and also toward one another to work together to build up the body of Christ. And that is why faithfulness is part of the manifestation of the fruit of the Spirit. That we are to show love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness. That we are faithful before God, absolutely, but also to be dependable. And it's just as important to be dependable as having great faith. And to have so much faith in God that you're willing to have faith in the people of God. And to work with your fellow people of God. And so, yes, faithfulness is a very critical aspect of the Christian life. That we cannot please God without it, and we cannot be there for one another without it. But with faithfulness, we can turn the world upside down. And everything will be different. So let us therefore strive to trust God and each other more deeply, becoming more dependable for God and for one another. Let's go again to the Lord in prayer. Father, hallowed be your name. We're so thankful, Father, for your love and care and provision for us. We're especially thankful today that you have proven faithful, that you have done what you said that you would do, that you have not forsaken or abandoned your people, that you have displayed that your chesed toward toward us and have been loyal to covenant and shown us steadfast love. We pray, Father, that you would strengthen us and give us the wisdom and insight to have that faith toward you, to trust in you fully, to be full of faith, and to therefore be dependable and to manifest covenant loyalty toward you and toward our fellow people uh, as you have manifested that covenant loyalty toward us that we would love one another as you have loved us, that we would provide for one another and take care of one another and support one another as you have provided for and supported us, and that you would be uh, glorified and honored in all that we do. Please strengthen and sustain us in that faith until uh, your Son returns. We look eagerly re look forward to that return, that we can share in the resurrection and your presence forever. And these things we pray in his name. Amen. Again, we're so glad that you've joined us. If you've been benefited by this, please feel free to uh, uh, share it or to uh, um, subscribe to our podcast. If, we ha if you have any questions, please reach out to us uh, at adventuretochrist.org or on social media. 
And may the Lord bless and keep you until we're able to meet again.